0: Welcome back to Conversations with Leaders, Ask the AWS Strategists. I'm Jake Burns, and I'm joined by my colleagues, Brian Landerman and Ashit Vashrajani. Keeping with the theme of modernization, today we are diving into change management. Listen in as we share what our experiences have taught us and how these learnings differ. So we left off last week talking about how important it was for me to add value immediately due to top-down
1: mandates. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. I mean, I think that's kind of change management in general, right? Like I, so before I was the one, right, building the top down mandate, right? I was, I was, um, setting that up and, and trying to get that in place for the, for the company, but I still used momentum to force that issue, right? I, it was really important to me that, um, the teams were moving to the cloud, that they were, you know, finding ways to, to get trained up, finding projects to, um, you know, to get going on so that that momentum also helps, right? Like one of the things I showed in my, my, uh, presentation to the exec team was a 400% increase in AWS adoption, right? Year over year. And, 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 and that was kind of, some of that was kind of pre my time, but also some of that was because we said, look, we're, you know, we're going to the cloud and, um, we're going to go figure this out and, and make this work for the business. But, I'd rather have you adopt cloud right now than increase our data center footprint right now. Right, it's a it's a, a different problem, but in my mind at the time it was a better problem. So I think I think momentum and 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 showing value in that momentum, right that that we um, we got benefit out out of it was. So anyway, different different starting point for me than you, Jake, but similar tactics, right. Well, I
0: think even if you're going to, you know, just if you if you're going to take this other approach of like building the business case and selling it, you still come kind of to your point, you're still going to have to deliver value incrementally. Like if you're not delivering on that promise, if you if you're saying wait till the end it's going to be great, uh you're going to lose people along the way, right? So I think it's uh it's maybe not an either or,
2: right? Yeah, I I think it's also um Brian to your point about change management and value. Uh, different stakeholders have different motivations, so it's also understanding how is value defined uh, with the functions that you are working with uh, and communicating the value in a way that they understand. Um, what is At the end of the day, it comes down to what is in it for them, right? Uh, to get that support, to get that buy-in, uh, not only how quickly you can give them the value, but how quickly they can realize what matters to their function, their team, their day-to-day job um, as part of the modernization effort. So I think focusing on that and then also having the business executives support to prioritize that. Because oftentimes I've also seen when you embark on this journey, uh, there is a pent-up demand and frustration that exists within the business and enterprise as well, right? So as soon as you open it up, The floodgates open and everybody now looks for the nirvana like very quickly. So how do you say this is how we are going to approach this journey uh, and in this order we are going to do it and uh, here is the value that you're going to realize month, two months, three months, six months, eight months, nine months down the line?
1: Yeah, so you're making me think of something which um, I've seen Many times over. Um, and that's, it's not just, it, so it's, it's, it's what you're saying, right? Paying attention to uh, what matters most to the individual, the group, the leader. Um, but I think making sure you, that's a, a recurring activity, right? Of circling back. Like, it, I think there's lots of good reasons to buy into a modernization strategy to say, yes, let's go in on the cloud but it's hard for us you know as it leaders closer to the problem to to predict exactly how it's going to go in fact you know we we knowingly make space right because it's not a straight line it's a, it's a journey and and we have to figure out a lot, a lot along the way i think you know for business leaders or folks that aren't as close to that that challenge of of modernizing um our technology and our our people you know <laughs> they may not have known what they signed up for, you know? Um, and I think it's making sure that, that you're bringing them along in the journey as well is really important. And I I'd say, you know, looking back, that's one of the places where I, um, I don't want to say fell down, but, you know, didn't, didn't put enough time and energy into that problem early enough. And so it, it, you know, mm-hmm kind of built up and became a problem that that then had to be dealt with versus something that could easily have been avoided had I, I paid attention to it along the way.
2: Yeah, uh, v- very, very important point, Brian, around the fact that it is not a straight line. Uh, one of my uh, standard staple slide that I used for every executive update on each of our effort was the J curve um, of change and uh, the valley of despair that things are actually going to uh, be worse before they get better. And we can minimize uh, that valley, the depth and the width of that through change management, training, better communication. But it is not going to be a straight line and there are going to be setbacks along the way. Uh, In fact, Uh, I probably overused it way too much that it started to be called I-Curve instead of J-Curve. So my name got associated with that, uh, (laughs) which was not a good thing, but... uh, (laughs) Hopefully not the Valley of Despair. Yeah, (laughs) just just the curve. Here's the guy talking about Valley of Despair again.
0: (laughs) I don't know, Valley of Despair is a good place to be. It means like success is right around the corner. Yeah,
1: true. You just got to realize that. Yeah, the hard part's almost behind you. Yeah, so I mean, I think... You know, Mark Schwartz, um, our our colleague, wrote about um, the frozen middle, and I bring that up because I think it's it's a good topic in in modernization where um, we have to mod- change the roles of the organization. You know, and and a lot of us um, spent time breaking down some of the shared services um, organizations. You know, so like our PMO, as an example. Uh, we we transitioned from manual testing to to automated testing, pushed our operations groups back into, um, you know, kind of give each each train control over their their move to you build it, you run it, um, but that the the idea of the frozen middle right is that it's really challenging for management, you know, or, or leaders, you know, lower in the organization that it's very unclear about what their future role looks like. And it's very difficult to lead with that level of ambiguity where you're asking others to change and you're leading the change, but you're not exactly sure what the change means for you yet, you know? And so it it does, it tends to freeze people, um, and slow things down. And, and, um, I think that's another big challenge that we, we see in customers, um, on their journey you know um
0: I think one of the things about the frozen middle that kind of occurred to me uh, as you're speaking was uh and maybe this has been covered before, but i uh you know middle management a lot of times these folks are um you know new to management they they were individual contributors not too long ago, right, maybe recently promoted uh, maybe several years ago, but you know most of their career they were spent um as subject matter experts and um I think that change. Um, is most scary to them because if you're like an engineer, for example, you're going to learn the new technology and you're going to become an expert at it. And of course there's a learning curve and maybe there's some fear there, but you know, you're going to do it and, and you can do it. Right. Um, and for senior leaders, you know, your skill is leading and, um, you know, managing an organization and that, you know, you're, you're, you're farther away from having to hold on to those technical skills. I think, in the middle, you get these folks that are still kind of holding on with one hand to those technical skills, and they 're in a situation where what they're, the technical skills that they're uh, that they have expertise in is going to quickly become irrelevant, but they don 't have the time uh, to kind of learn the new ones because they 're in this new role right so I think that might be part of um, why this frozen middle exists
2: yeah I, I think the way I like to uh, counter that, right, whenever I have faced this, is um, these are all relative positions, right? Middle management, senior management. Uh, uh, and the way I have talked to folks about is to say, you think I am senior management, but I'm middle management for somebody else. Uh, and and you think my boss is uh, the senior management, but you know, he's answerable to the board and the CEO. Uh, and, and it's really about, you know, one of my favorite quotes is that leadership is an action and not a position, right? So it's about feeling and taking ownership uh, of your destiny rather than sort of worrying about uh, where you are in the organization. And if when middle management, uh, the classic middle management, the way it is defined, feels ownership of their destiny where they're not being told, but they are actually included in why something is being done and what is in it for them and their teams and how that is going to actually help them make a difference to their customers. I often find that that communication coming from, again, classic senior management uh, makes things much easier to thaw that frozen middle.
1: Yeah, I I, I think you know that's a, another approach that seems to be pretty common and and one that we used was um changing the incentives right so it's it's very difficult to ask people to do new jobs but hold them accountable in in the old ways um and so i think you know what you incentivize them to do what you're asking them to do and how they're rewarded has to align to this new ask and i think that alignment helps a lot so that they are clear on you know, what, what you need them to do. So one of the things that, that we did, you know, we're moving to what we call it, Amazon two pizza teams. Um, for us, that was teams, uh, size eight to 10, um, mostly scrum teams. We had a, a mix, but mostly scrum teams. And it was, you know, for, for our managers, for our directors, it was go optimize those teams, right? Go help us move from individual heroics to, you know making sure that team is is you know operational and highly effective and that each individual on the team is contributing and that's a that's a very you know tangible um objective that you can run at and it's something that we can measure and um so that that kind of brought clarity where you know we didn't we didn't have all the puzzle pieces in place but at least you know as we're bringing these teams online it, it gave a mission to to our managers to help be a part of this change um not not be left behind by yeah. it.
2: i think the other piece uh brian to to the that point around bringing people along is um also showing them that beyond what we are trying to do here whatever company team that they are part of these skills that they will acquire in the process are actually going to make their career uh, much more meaningful and valuable. Even if they decide to take another position, take another role, go work somewhere else. Uh, Because even if you hold on to what you have, um, uh, the industry and the world around you won't. And so uh, there will be an opportunity somewhere else which you can actually learn and build those skills here better. Uh, and And then, you know, that opens up a lot of career opportunity and path for folks,
1: yeah, I mean we wouldn't have a job right if if nearly every enterprise wasn't facing the same challenge yeah. right um and we'll so have a I, different job. I kind of use that uh <laughs> <laughs> sure yeah, I'd still have a job yeah well, but our current <laughs> job um you know but i I kind of reassure folks with that it it's you're you're right, it's like look you can either. Change and and ad- adopt these new skills in this new way of working here, or you can go do do it somewhere else. There's no like opting out of this, really, right? Because everyone is going through this, and so it might be different in different places, but it's still the same, the same shift that is taking place. And so, you know, get kind of g- get on board and opt in here, or um, or get on board somewhere else.
0: Yeah. I, I love your point about incentives, Brian. I think that's so important. You know, um, if you, if the only way you're going to affect change is to change the incentives, if you don't change the incentives, if you have the same incentives, you're going to get the same results, right? Because people respond to incentives. So I think that's uh that's super insightful. Um, and, and it sounded like you were saying, um, you know, take away the, uh, the, the, the option of not doing it through, through incentives, kind of like, um, Reminded me of a burning the ships behind you, kind of thing. <laughs> now your incentive is clear.
1: Yeah, I think I think Tom Tom might have taken that approach. <laughs> I, I, we weren't burning any ships, but um, and, and instead we were kind of making the the go forward path much more attractive <laughs> right. than uh, right. the sitting but, still.
0: Uh, you know, yeah, there's a positive way to 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 implement that, of course, rather than a negative way. But you know, I think it's about making it clear that there's a path forward
1: and that we're committed to it. Yeah, exactly. I think that's the key, right? Is is leadership being committed to the change. Is huge. Change happens all the time across the business and there's plenty of it that doesn't stick. You know, you you look over many years we we change the same things, right? I mean, our budgeting process changed in some way every year. And so, you know, how how much Energy? Are you going to pay to this change if, if it's not going to stick? And I, and I think it it does. It, it, you have to, as a leader, um, be committed, follow through, um, be consistent with with your your messaging and your attention to the change, and that will demonstrate to the rest of the organization that this is um, this is going to happen. That that you know this is something that will stick. And that starts at the top. Right.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. So so in summary you know if we have leaders listening to this who are considering modernizing or going through it what's the the number one piece of advice each one
1: of you would give just do it just do it like um no well look i mean I, I think there's a there's a ton that we can cover on modernization i th- i feel like we scratched the surface today but you know my my advice is to to get started. Honestly, that, you know, that momentum we talked about and is really important, but, you know, and I think this advice will vary by leader, but uh, I'll give you an example of something that I did with my leaders because we were largely technical. I I had all of my directs and and myself um, get trained on AWS and get trained on agile practices because if we didn't understand it and if we couldn't, You know, connect the dots from the old way to the new way, and 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 understand the difference. Then, how are we going to help the organization, um, you know, make that that change? So, I think there's different ways to do that. You can do that whether you're technical or not. But investing in a deeper understanding of what that new world um, can and should look like will help you lead the change and and give you confidence that you're headed in the right direction.
2: Yeah, I I think uh, my advice, especially to IT leaders listening, would be saying something is not modern, outdated, old, end of life uh, is not enough. Uh, Find what is holding back the business and the customer and tie your modernization effort to that. Uh, And really deeply try to understand that pain point and relate that back to your modernization strategy because that will get you the support from the wider stakeholders the business the team uh to to get it moving
1: yeah come on what what about you
2: jake
0: yeah no i love both those answers and now i got to think of a third cuz i mean <laughs> uh you know i think i think incentives probably would be the third you got to incentivize so you know get started definitely because if if you you don't do that, it's not happening. Right. Um, and, and, and that's the hardest, the first step is always the hardest step. And, uh, you know, like I should said, you got to speak in terms of what people care about. So nobody outside of it cares about modernizing it. It's just a fact, right? They care about what they care about. So, um, if you, if you, if you can, Propose it in that context of these are the benefits you're going to get, right? I think that's the only way you get any support from anything really. Um, and then I guess the third thing would be, like I said, incentives. So with your own team, make sure that your incentives are aligned with what you're trying to accomplish. So if you're, if you're still incentivizing the old stagnant behavior, yet you're telling them we're going to modernize, it's very unlikely to be successful. So if you think about how your incentives, look, look at it from their point of view, right? Just like you're looking at it from the business and the, the other leaders within the company, their point of view when you're, when you're speaking about the benefits. I think when you're dealing with your team, you have to look at it from their point of view. Um, why should they go along with this, right? Besides the fact that you're the boss, you gotta give them a better reason than that. As Brian said, we just scratched the surface on modernization this week, and I look forward to continuing the conversation. Maybe we'll share some of our war stories, Remember to submit your questions directly on our Enterprise Strategy blog or reach out directly to us on LinkedIn. We'll do our best to answer all your questions in future episodes. See you next time.